Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Um, anybody, can you quote my favorite Bible uh, joke uh, as it relates to, 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 to Romans? I said every time I open to Romans. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. I had a Bible college teacher. He said every single day, um, how long is this semester? Three months long? Is that how long a semester is? Like ish, ish. Every day for three months or twi- twice a week in the book of Romans, he would say, all right, guys, open your Bibles to Romans. We're going to go Roman through Romans. And uh, nobody, yeah, it's, it's kind of what the class did too. Uh, Romans chapter 12, uh, we're in a series that we started last week called Battle Ready. Someone say Battle Ready. Okay, we got half participation. If I have to stand up here and I have to be enthusiastic, so do you. It's a rule. Full participation. Someone said battle ready? Battle Battle ready. ready. All right, cool. So we're in this series called Battle Ready, and the whole heartbeat of the series really is our theme for the entire year, that we believe God has called us to be prepared to be ready for every battle that we face. Uh, The reality is, we've talked about this almost every single week, but the reality is you and I, we are under a... I was going to say a attack, but that's not how you say it. We're under attack. Uh, The Bible tells us we have a real enemy who is continually, continuously coming after us. His desire is for our future. It's for our soul. His desire is, the Bible says, to steal, kill, and destroy all that is good, all that God has for us. And uh, here's what the Bible says, that many of God's people, someone say God's people, many of God's people that they actually are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Sometimes we think just because we're a Christian, just because we are classified as God's people, someone who believes in Jesus, that we somehow have like this supernatural just because protection. But here's what the Bible tells us, that it's only those who come under, someone say under, under the, 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 the word of God, the ways of God. Psalm 91 says the shadow of the most high that, 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 that get the protection or the covering of God. The Bible goes, there's a lot of people, God's people that get destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so we're in this series, uh, again, a theme for the whole year going, God, if there's a real enemy and if he really has a disastrous plan for our future and, and we, God's people get destroyed for lack of knowledge, we don't want to have lack of knowledge. We, we want to be equipped. We want to be ready so that, that our life is one that is victorious because that's what Jesus desires, that we live a victorious life in every single area. And so we're in volume one right now. We're calling it the fundamentals. And every week we're looking at a different fundamental of how to be battle ready. The reality is if you do not have a good foundation, if you don't know the, the, know the fundamentals, you can have all the spiritual mumbo jumbo and speak in tongues and go to camps and conferences and you will get your lunch eaten. Because it's the foundation that matters. It's the fundamentals that matter. And so we talked last week about staying stirred up, but our responsibility to stay stirred up in the things of God. And I want to talk tonight about the importance of understanding we have to renew, or we're going to say it this way tonight, renovate our thinking. Someone say renovate. 
Renovate, okay. Romans chapter 12 is where I ask you to turn. Uh, if you got a Bible, go there. If not, um, get a Bible and bring your Bible to church. Bring a Bible, bring a notepad, bring a pen. Come on, let's be taking notes in church and writing down what God's saying. Romans 12, here's what it says, verse two, the apostle Paul is writing. And he says, do not be conformed to this world. Some translations say to the pattern of this world. And do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to read it one more time. Paul writes and he says, do not. So, so tonight at the scripture we're going to look at, there, there's, there, there, there's two opposites. And he says over here, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world. He says rather, other opposite, allow God to transform your life, allow God to change you, transform you through the renewing or the renovating of your mind so that you can be one that knows what, that has good understanding of what God's Will is. If you're taking notes, write this down. Title of the sermon I want to preach tonight is a sermon that I've titled this. I was wrong and 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 now I am wrong. I was wrong and I'm still wrong. I think the title was supposed to be I'm still wrong, and I may have told Brad that wrong. Uh, so correct it in your notes if you're taking notes. Title of the sermon is I was wrong and I'm still wrong. I was wrong and I'm still wrong. Look at your neighbor and just say you're wrong. Come on, some of you have been waiting all night to look at someone and go, you're wrong, man. You are wrong. Um, by show of hands, anybody besides for me, uh, hello, Madison, how are you? Welcome to church tonight. I interrupt this sermon to officially announce to all people that I discovered last Wednesday night about 10 p.m. who the spy was. Do you remember, remember this discussion last week? There was a spy amongst us making sure I was wearing my COVID mask all night long, and the spy was indeed... Madison Dozier, the spy. Um, if you weren't here last week, then, then for, forgive me, uh, but it was a thing last week. Um, w w welcome, Spy Madison. Um, by show of hands, how many of you hate being wrong? Any, anybody, you just, like, you'll, really, there's people in this room that don't mind being wrong. You, okay, cool. Like, you're like, no, I hate being wrong. I just don't want to participate, and you're not going to make me participate. Um, I, I think all of us, we hate being wrong. Can you think of anything right now that you were, like, dead set? On, on you were right, only to discover that you were wrong? Like, has this ever happened to you before? Like, have you ever been in an argument with someone before and, and you're trying so hard to prove your point because you are right, only to discover that you are, you are wrong? This has ever happened to you before? Uh, you, you, may, you may have heard me tell this story before. Uh, I have two stories, actually. Um, one is I remember I was so convinced what the definition of organic was. Have you, have you heard me tell this story before, anybody? Um, I, I don't know where I got this from. I don't know when Satan implanted this in my mind. Um, I don't know what nursery rhyme that I read or was read to me that made me think this. But for some reason, I was convinced in my mind. Like, you could not have told me I was wrong. I was convinced that organic meant it had never been touched by human hands. That's what I thought it meant. Like, oh, organic tomatoes. They've never been touched by human hands. They're organic. And uh, you, if you heard the story before, it wasn't until one day in Harris Teeter as I'm watching the dude like shelf organic avocados, like, wait a minute. The sign says organic, but he's touching them. My, my mind is, and I, I literally, I'm like, excuse me, sir. Um, 
question for you. I know you just work here and stuff and you're not like a farmer, but can you explain to me what organic is? And he did, and I felt very, very stupid. Uh, I, I remember another instance, uh, speaking of the produce section, uh, that we were gonna make uh, uh, sp sp spaghetti squash. You ever had spaghetti squash before? I was thinking of what it was called. And um, so I, I go to the grocery store and I get like the squash, and I come home, like, I'm going to make spaghetti squash tonight. We're going to do spaghetti squash, like pasta and, and whatever else we're making. And uh, my wife goes, Brandon, I don't think, I don't think that's spaghetti squash. I'm like, yeah, it's spaghetti squash. I looked the recipe up. I, Brandon, I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not actually spaghetti squash. And, and I don't think we got an argument, but I think, I don't know where my phone is. I think it was pretty close because I literally grabbed my phone and I'm like, babe, okay, who, who's the man of the house? And who's in this kitchen right now? Who looked it up on Google what spaghetti squash is? Thank you very much. Why don't you go enjoy yourself, drink an iced tea, watch a show. I'm gonna be in here preparing you food. And um, it wasn't until I got these squash out of the oven and started trying to do the fork thing where you like, you, like you string it that I realized I just bought yellow squash, not spaghetti squash. I didn't know spaghetti squash was a real thing. I thought spaghetti squash is just what you called it when you made it spaghetti. And um, my wife looked at me like, you wrong, bro, you wrong. And we had mushy squash for dinner, it was disgusting. But like, here's the reality. Every, every, every single one of us in here tonight, you are right about something, all of us. There's not a single person in this room that has it wrong about every single fact and everything that you think and you believe. Like, you're right about something. You're definitely not right about everything, but you are right about something or some things. But here, here's also the reality that I would just like for us to embrace for a minute tonight, that every single one of us in this room, including myself, you are also wrong about something. You might not be wrong about everything, but you're wrong about something. You, you, you might not have a skewed worldview completely, but all of us, we have a skewed perspective and we're wrong about something or something things. And, and what, what I want us to see tonight is that one of the greatest inhibitors of growth and one of the greatest inhibitors of you actually becoming the person God's called you and created you to be is you not being willing to humbly admit, oh, I'm, I, I was wrong. And P.S., I'm still wrong. Here's the reality. Every single one of us, not only tonight do we stand here being wrong about some things, but for the rest of our lives, we'll be wrong about something. There's nobody in here who you will attain perfection when it comes to everything you know and everything you believe and see all the way 100% perfect the way the world and life should be seen. Like that's, that's nobody ever. But man, do we live in a culture where we all think we're right, don't we? I mean, all, all you have to do is go online. I mean, go on Facebook and watch your mom argue with other moms on Facebook about, it's like, like, it's like we, we got strong opinions all over social media and strong opinions all over our world. And, and all, all I want us to see tonight from scripture is that that's actually not the way God intended for us to live. So here's, here's what Paul said. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse two, he says, all right, do not, someone say, do not, he goes, do not get conformed to the pattern of this world. Have you ever accidentally stepped on something before with, with your shoe? You ever accidentally stepped on something? Um, I won't tell you what I stepped on recently, but I accidentally stepped on something brown and mushy in our backyard with, with my tennis shoe. 
And um, if you ever stepped on something before, you know that what, what does it do? The, the, the bottom of your shoe, the sole of your shoe, I think that's what it's called, right? The sole of your shoe, all the little crevices and cracks in the logo. And what, what, what does that mushy thing do? It, it conforms to that pattern. And, and the, the Apostle Paul, you're welcome for that image. Um, the, 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 the Apostle Paul, what an illustration. Put it in the video next week, bro. We, we all need it. Actually put a shoe mushing. That, that's, we, we need it in the video, bro. We need it. We, this is the content the world needs. Please bring it to us. Um, but Paul says, don't be conformed. He, he goes, don't let your life get smushed, get conformed into the pattern of the world that we that we live in. Now, here's the part of the sermon where every single one of us, we would not dare say it out loud, but internally we're going, like, I'm totally not conformed to the pattern of this world. Totally not. Like, I'm not, like, I get it, bro. Like, you're probably talking about people that, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll and the whole thing. And, like, I get it. Like, but that's not, like, that's not me, though. But I, I don't know. If I just take a, a survey of the vast majority of people who say that they're followers of Jesus, I would say they're trending way more towards culture than they are Christianity. Like, like this is why we talk the way we talk. This is why we dress the way we dress. And it's not all bad, but, but just go with me for a second. This is why we, we, we watch the things we watch. This is why we consume like nobody's business the things we consume. This is why we use the devices we use. This is why we think that I cannot live without these apps. This is why we think about school the way we do. This is why we think about future and success. Like so much of our life, yeah, maybe it's not all immoral, but, but what has it been? It's, been? it's been smushed to the pattern of culture. You, you know what's crazy is there's a lot of people, and I, I, I myself am, am, am guilty of this, but unless someone directly asks you, so like, are you a follower of Jesus? Like, like you're a Christian, you go to, you go to church, no, no one would ever know. And I'm not saying that, that, that that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying we should walk around with like fish logo t-shirts and WWJD bracelets and he has risen hats. I'm trying to think of all like the, like the Christian stuff you could wear and like, you know, jeans that have scriptures. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying we should walk around everywhere we go. It's like, oh yeah, hey, so just, hey, my name, is, my name is Bob. Just want to introduce myself. By the way, before you say anything, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not saying that, but let's just be, be honest. For a lot of us, just the way, the way we live, the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we think, the way we consume culture, we look like everybody else. Our life is trending way more towards culture than, than it is towards Christianity. And here's the dangerous thing. I can't give you the verse, not because it's a secret, but because I don't remember it. And I'm not looking at my notes because I didn't exactly make a lot of notes for tonight. Um, but there, there's, a Bible, there's, there's a Bible verse that says the whole world's under the sway of the evil one. You know our culture is not neutral, right? You know there is no such thing as neutral, right? Like, so, like, like, Honest to God, I used to believe there was neutral. Like, I, I grew up with pastor's kids. Um, anybody besides me, like, you grew up in church your whole life. Like, you're, you know, born on a Saturday in church. Like, that's the whole thing. And especially because I, I grew up a pastor's kid, I've grown up very, uh, let me say it this way, um, averse sometimes to, to Christian things. Like, like I'll, I'll tell you right now, um, 
don't you judge me and don't you email me. Or it's like, no one has email, Brandon. Like, come on. Uh, don't you snap me. I don't have Snapchat. Um, whatever your form of communication is. And be like, you got to watch it. But I, I haven't seen a single episode of The Chosen. I, and I know people right now are like, that's it. Pat, like, pat, 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 pack up your notes. Come on. We got to get out of here. This preacher hasn't even seen The Chosen. Let's get out of here. We got to. But... And, and, and it's not necessarily because I think the chosen is bad, but it's just an example. Like something in me, like when, if something's like produced, like Christian produced, something in me goes, ah, I don't, I don't know if I really want to watch that because th there's just a part of me that's like, I, I, I've just always been averse to Christian things because I've just born, been born and raised around it. And, and, and I used to think that like, I'm not going to do that stuff. Like I'm, I'm, I don't want to be all in over here. I'm definitely not going to do this because that's like, I would get grounded for so many years of my life. And, but I'm just going to hang out like in, in the neutral zone. It's not sin. It's not bad. This is not evil. But, but what took me so long to realize is there is no neutral. The Bible says the whole world is under the sway of the enemy. And, and, and Paul says, um, okay, do not allow your life to be smushed, conformed into the pattern of culture. Don't, don't do it. Can, can I say something and then I'll move on quickly? Did, did you know that there's even Christian culture that isn't Bible culture? Oh, if we're not careful, especially, you know, people that you're raised in church, you're, you're raised in a Christian household, your life will be conformed to Christian culture. Your mom, your dad, your church, your, your, your life will just get conformed to a Christian culture that looks nothing like Bible culture. And Paul goes, no, 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 I, I, I'm sorry. I don't like just mean like, you know, evil, demonic, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like, I, I just mean like, don't let your life get conformed. Don't let it get smushed to patterns of culture of the world that, that, that aren't God's kingdom. He says, instead, you should get transformed. That word transform, it literally just means change. Like you, you should get from the inside out, you should get changed. But, but, but I want you to notice what he says. Romans 12, two, look at what it says. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And listen, not by trying harder. If you're anything like me, you've gone through seasons of life where you're trying to get transformed. You're trying to change with effort. Have you ever tried to change before? All right, that's it. Like, so I'm, I'm so embarrassed by this. I shouldn't even tell you because now I'm going to be insecure. Every time I hold a microphone, you're like, Brandon, why do you always like do that? Um, I've been trying to stop biting my nails forever, but I have a problem. I love biting my nails. <laughs> And, and recent, recently I, I was texting, uh, I texted a picture of something to someone and their five-year-old daughter uh, uh, responded, she didn't respond, but responded through their parent was like, Brandon, you bite your nails? Me too. And I'm like, yeah, me and every other five-year-old, right on. But have you ever tried to change through effort? Man, okay, okay. 2022 is the year for the new me. And then you just try harder. I'm going to be more disciplined. I'm going to get accountable. I'm going to, I'm going to get people around me that are going to, but, but effort changes nobody. Can I just tell you that? Like effort will, will change you temporarily, but it'll leave you exhausted. And in your state of exhaustion, you'll just, you'll just go back to old patterns and old habits. Like it's not sustainable. 
You just trying harder, it works momentarily, but there's no longevity in it. I'll be more disciplined. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to read my Bible every single day, and I'm never going to miss a day. And you matter of fact, I'm going to, like, I had a friend recently. He's like, yo, Brandy, you, you know what I'm doing? He didn't sound like that, actually. He's like kind of a nerdy pastor. I was like, uh, Brandon, can I tell you what I'm doing lately? And um, he didn't sound like that either. But, but he, he, he goes, I'm, I, I am really, really just set this year. I'm going to read the entire New Testament once a month. Do you want to join me? And I'm like, no. Like, I don't, he's, he's like, well, like, I'm doing half on audio Bible. I'm like, cool. I'm doing half not on anything. Like, I'm not, but but it's like, we just, well, okay, maybe if I just, if I read more, if I pray, but listen to what Paul said. He says, actually, the way you get transformed is not through effort. It's through renewing your mind. In other words, it's through changing your thinking. If you're taking those, jot this down. First thought that I want to give you tonight, simply this. It is that uh, our whole life, it's lived from our thinking. Pa- Paul goes, hey, get changed. Don't get conformed. Don't get smushed into the pattern of the world, but let God change you. Not through your effort, not through trying harder, not through doing more, but change by changing your thinking. Did you know your entire life is lived through thinking? Everything you say and do, your whole worldview, your whole perspective, the way it's all from your thinking. Like even the things that you say without thinking, they come from the perspectives that have ingrained themselves in your heart and in your life. Can I give you an example I'm kind of embarrassed about? Um, like we, we have a, a three-month-old. La- I know last week I said we had three kids and I was mistaken. We have four kids. Um, and our, th- our, our fourth is Bethany Rose. She's three months old. And um, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. God's changing me. He's helping me. But like when, when, when Bethany starts crying, this is how my wife responds. Oh, oh, Bethany, oh, oh, oh. Just like all the, like all the, all the mom emotions. And when Bethany wakes up from a nap and starts crying, this is how I respond. <sighs> like, I'm not even thinking about it, but, but, but it's a perspective, isn't it? My, my, my wife gets mad at me all the time because she's like, Brandon, she'll never be this small again. She's only crying because that's her only way of communication. And I know that it's loud and it's bothersome and we all want to jump out of a window, but it's her only way to tell us that she's hungry, that she has a poopy diaper. How would you feel if you had a poopy diaper? It's, but, but that's not my perspective. My perspective is like, I just want to finish my sandwich and drink my LaCroix and finish watching my, like, it's, that's, and so without even thinking about it, my wife goes, oh, Bethany's crying, oh. And I'm like, there goes the rest of the evening, you know what I mean? And it's like from not even thinking, but why? It's a perspective. Your whole life, everything you do, everything you say, all the decisions you're making, the things that like, you're, you're going after, like everything about you, it's lived from your thinking. It's all thinking. Look at what this says, James chapter, chapter 1, verse 15. I love the way James describes this because he says, then... He's talking about, about sin, where sin comes from, but, but you can always take a negative and you can always translate it to the positive as well. So let's just not say sin, let's just say like decisions you make. He goes, well, when, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to, we'll just say something, 
And that something, when it's full grown, it brings forth, we'll say, action. That's, that's a way that we can translate it away from sin and just to like everyday living. J James goes, Here, here's what happens. You get a thought. You get a perspective. You get a mindset. You get a worldview that's been given to you by, by your parents. You get a worldview that's been given to you by culture. You get a worldview that's been given to you just by observation in class every single day or whatever it might be. And that thing, if it lives in you, Bible says when desire has conceived, just like a baby is formed or conceived, grows in its mother's womb, when that thing has begun to grow, well, as it grows, what it does is it brings forth action. It brings forth decision. See, the decisions we are making today are products of mindsets and thoughts and perspectives and worldviews and things that, that they're, they're inside of us. Hey, hey, why do you talk like that? Hey, wh why do you live like that? Hey, hey, why are you making, because this is how I see life. Because this is my perspective. Because this is the way I think about, it's all thinking. And here's what the Bible is trying to get us to see. You can write this down, point number two, is that if we want to change, that our thinking needs to be continu con continuously renovated. Like if you want to get change, can I tell you, it's not going to be through effort. If you want to get change and you want to become the person God's called you to be, it's not going to come because you tried harder or because you watched more Christian movies or wore more Christian clothes. Paul goes, um, you actually, Romans 12, two, you can throw it up there. He says, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind. Now, I'm like super pumped about this because I've never really seen this before. So like, I'm so pumped. Let me just sit down for a second because if not, it's, I don't know. Do any of you have like weird little like quirks that you don't know why you do this? When I sit down, I, I, I feel like I can think clearer sometimes. Um, okay, so here, here's what, what I want you to see. That word renew, it, it doesn't mean just to remember or remind. It's not what it means. For so long, I, I read this verse and here's what I thought. Okay, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't you do it. Don't, don't you do it, Brandon. Don't you get smushed. Don't you be like that little brown thing that gets smushed into a shoe. That's not you. You're a child of God. Don't get conformed, but be transformed by just remembering and thinking about God things. Just by going to the Bible and listening to worship music and, and read, re, uh, listening to sermons and, and, and allowing the, the, the Bible to remind you of things. Like, so have you ever realized that a lot of times things that you agree with in church are things that you already know and that's why you're agreeing with them? Uh, preach. Uh, it's like, you hear these people in church. Oh, it's good. It's good. I love it. Uh, pre come on, keep preaching, preacher. And all you're doing is going like, oh, I totally agree with that. Oh, I totally agree with that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's such, such a great point. But, but this word renew, it actually means renovate. That's what it means. The actual definition of it is, is renovate. Do you know what you do when you renovate something? You, you go in and you take the old thing out that this, this is not going to work anymore. And you put a new thing in. That's, that, that's renovation. You buy an old, crummy nasty, mildewy, stinky, 
poo poo house, like, and and like you you like that, and 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 you need to renovate it. What are you gonna do? You you're you're gonna go pull out all the carpet. You're gonna go pull out all the cabinets. You're gonna go take all the things that are old, all the things that are no good. You're gonna remove them, and what are you gonna do? You're gonna put a new carpet. You're gonna put in new cabinets. Do, do you know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, do you know how you get changed? By coming to God's word and allowing it to confront worldviews and perspectives and mindsets and thought patterns that are wrong. So many of us, we go to the Bible for comfort. And that's great because it can be comforting. Like, cool. Like, it, there's, the element of it is comforting. But we don't like to go to the Bible for confrontation or, or, or correction. Like the, there's so many of us, myself included, that the, we, we sit and we, we hear sermons and things that we don't agree with, we, we dis, disregard before we consider. Things that confront our way of living and our way of thinking, we go, that's not, I, I, I don't agree with that. But, but what we ought to do is we ought to say, say, no, no, God, you're actually trying to change me. And, and remember, title of the sermon tonight, I was wrong. And I'm actually still wrong in a lot of areas. And I, I was wrong when I thought life was like this. I was wrong when I thought this is what it meant to fill in the blank. And honestly, God, there's still a lot of areas I'm still wrong. And I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be the same person. So God, I'm going to allow you to renovate my thinking. My whole world is lived from my thinking. My whole world is lived from, from how, how I see the world, from thoughts and ideas and things that are in my heart. So God, the only way for me to really get changed is I need to allow you to renovate my thinking. Come on, let, let's be honest. Every single one of us tonight, we have thoughts, we have views, we have perspectives and opinions that we're holding on to that they're just wrong. They are. And do you know who is so good at helping us to see what is wrong, helping us from, 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 from sift out, sifting out the wrong from the right? It's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. Matter of fact, you're taking us, jot this down, third, third point tonight, and um. And I'll, I'll invite Kimberly to come up and play. But here's what I want you to see is that God's word is the primary renovator of our thinking. There's no, preachers are not renovators of thinking. Like there are some stuff that preachers say that you should go, no, I don't agree with that. That dude's full of it. There, there's probably things that, not probably, there are things that I have said and things that I will say on a, like a, a, a future occasion. It's like, that's not actually completely one. Like, like I look back over the last 13 years of preaching on a regular basis and I go, ah, yeah, there, 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 there's things that I've said. That's just not, I, well, I just don't believe that anymore. But do you know why? Because God's changing me. And, and, and God, he's changing me through changing my, my thinking. I want you to see this last scripture and we'll close right here. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Listen to what it says. It says, all scripture, someone say all scripture. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. In other words, we've said this before. If you've been a part of LYC, this entire book, cover to cover, these are not just words. These are the word of God. 
And because our God is living, his words, they live today. How many of you today, like today, you received a text message? Like, wow, way less people than I thought. Way to go with the relevant example, bud. Good, good job. Um, how many of you have ever received a text message? Somebody's like, no, like actually, Brandon, thanks for bringing it up. No one texted me today. And I was, uh, I really needed the comfort of the scripture because I feel like a loser. Um, like when, when you get that text message, you know those are words that are, well, they're, they're living words, aren't they? Even though they typed it, it's speaking right now. Why? Because they're living. Because they're a living person. Hey, man, let's go to Taco Bell or whatever. It's like, oh, this person real time is inviting me to go to Taco Bell because they are alive. They are not dead. And they texted me this thing because our God is living these words. They, they speak today. The, the, the Bible is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. It's the only book. Be, because how God set this up is you read scripture and the spirit of God takes this word and actually it begins to read you as you read it. Well, we won't read it, but Hebrews 4.12 says that the Bible, it's like a scalpel. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And when you read it, it cuts you in half and starts doing surgery. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, All scripture... It is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable or useful for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction or training in righteousness. Let, let me give you an updated translation of that. It's profitable to teach you what to do. It is profitable to correct you and sharpen you. It's profitable for helping you make U-turns and, and figure out a way, okay, I'm living like this. How do I get over it? It, it will correct you and give you U-turns. It's profitable to train you. Verse 17 says this, verse 17, so that the man or the woman of God, politically correct, thank you very much. So the man or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped. Hey, aren't we talking this year about battle ready? Yeah, thoroughly equipped everything that's in front of them. How does the Bible do that? It's through changing your thinking. Can, can I tell you one of my new exercises? I don't mean like, you know, bicep curls or anything, obviously. Do a lot of those. Um, thank you for the laughs, Caitlin, I appreciate it. Um, like what, what, one of my, my new exercises out of, as of like a month ago is when, when I read my Bible, I'm, I'm making a, a little notation in my journal and, and I'm putting wrong thought, right thought. Be, because I, I know I should have got this like a long time ago, but God, he's, he's showing me in a fresh way the whole purpose of me coming to God's word. It's to realize that I was wrong and I'm still wrong. God, I need, I need the, these ways of thinking removed. Re renovate my thinking. Renovate my thoughts. Renovate how I see people. Renovate how I see success. Renovate how, how, how I see, see my future. Renovate the, the, the way that I think about, uh, 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 about dating. Renovate the way that I think about sex. Renovate my thinking. Like, just this morning, and I promise we're done, just this morning, 
I was reading in, in the book of Acts and I read how the Bible says, God took David. I don't know why I'm doing this. Like David was bigger than this. Um, maybe not to God. That God took David and he, he raised him up for, 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 for his people. That's, sorry, that's my bad. Um, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. God, you raised David up for your people? Wait a minute, God, you raised David up as king for your people. And all of a sudden, like, like it's never hit me before. Here, here's what hit me. God, the whole idea of leadership, it's for the person, not for the leader. God, the whole point of you trying to take us somewhere in life, it's for people, not for us. And all of a sudden, here's what I wrote down. Wrong thought. Life, leadership, the whole thing is about me. Right thought. It's all about other people. We need every single day God to just change our thinking. We need every single day, little by little, for, for God to go, hey, hey, um, can, can I interrupt real quick? Um, really cute flower cross thing you're drawing, but really quick. Um, hey, the way you think about this, it's wrong. Hey, can, can, I, can I just real quick? The way you're thinking about this relationship and about your sexuality, it's wrong. It's, it's, it's wrong. And, 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 and the right way to think about this is, is right here. And transformation happens little by little by little as we just say, okay, God, totally. Um, all right. Thank you, God, for taking this old thought. I'm gonna, I'm gonna move this over here. And God, I receive right now, I receive this new way of thinking. God, I'm not gonna think about that person like that anymore. I'm not thinking about my future like that. No, I have a new way of thinking. And Paul goes little by little, your life gets transformed by the continual process of changing your thinking. Let me read it one more time, Romans 12, 2, because look at the conclusion. And do not be conformed, smushed into the pattern of this world. Don't trend towards, towards culture more than you do Christianity, more towards you do, more than you do towards becoming like Jesus, but, but get transformed by the renovation, the changing of your mind. Listen to the conclusion so that you may prove or know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The end result is a life where we are boldly and confidently able to make every decision that's in front of us step into the things that God has for us, live with confidence, with faith and expectation. Why? Because we know what God's will is. Have you ever been stuck on a situation? You ever been stuck on a decision? I just don't know what to, the Bible goes, no, no, no. Actually, you can get transformed. You can get, get renovated by renovating your thinking and you can, you can live a life where you just, you know what God's will is. You know what God's will is. I, last thing I say for real, 
but I, I was I was pl- pl- playing golf about a month ago, and we get we're, we're the very very last group. Uh, the the guy at the clubhouse, like the big house where like you pay and stuff, was like, hey, by the way, when you guys finish, no one's gonna be here. Like we're we're actually closing a little bit early, but you just go ahead and, and finish and you park the cart right there. And so we 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 get done with the round of golf, and um, there there's a golf club that got left on the very last green. It was super nice. It was like super like oh that's like wow thank you Lord Lord did you did you you delivered this from heaven for me thank you so much, and and no one else that I was playing with saw it, and can I tell you I. Don't judge me. I had the thought, well, I do want a new golf club. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. You're my provider. You're my blesser. But it's almost like as, as, as soon as that thought came, you, you, you know, you know what, what, what flooded in and what pushed that thought out? That's not the will of God. That, that, the whole, that, 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 that's, not, that's, that's not integrity. That's not right. That's not, that, that, that's not God's will. And, and I tell you that because God wants you to be able to live with every little, tiny, minute decision that you make all day long, going to class, going to practice, going to work, text, that every single day, every decision, every call, you know what God's will is. No, no man, I, I'm good. I, I'm, I, actually, I'm not, I'm not going tonight. Ah, no, actually, I'm, I'm gonna back out. I'm, I'm gonna go this way. Hey, actually, yeah, because you know, you know what God's will is. You know what God's heart, why? Because your life is being transformed. It's being changed by the renovation, by the change. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.